Do you have a love-hate relationship when it comes to grading or marking for your students? If that is the case, then today's episode is for you because we are going to talk about throwing out grades and we're going to look at it a little bit differently. So it's not like you're just going to have a free for all and let your students do whatever the heck they want. No, we're actually going to be talking about how to have students do self-reported grades and so they are taking ownership of their grades and it's off of you. Welcome to the Secondary Teacher Podcast, the podcast for middle and high school teachers juggling multiple preps to get the strategies to reduce overwhelm so that you don't have to choose between being an effective teacher and prioritizing important relationships. I'm your host, Kristen Masick, a 10-year high school engineering teacher, former middle school assistant principal, and teacher coach. Every week, we will discuss strategies, systems, and time-saving tips to help you not only survive, but thrive as a multiple prep teacher. I was recently listening to a podcast that was about parenting and they were talking about how grades and grade marks are rewards and punishments because depending on how well or how poorly a student does, they get one of those two, which is extrinsic motivation. So students really aren't doing things because they want to do things. They're doing it because they get an end. They get something from you and It can kind of feel gross in that they're not really taking ownership. And really, one of my pet peeves was when students would come and ask me if something was going to be graded. So let's go over some ways to eliminate that from your students' vocabulary. And this is with student reporting grades. And I will say too, that there is a hidden benefit that comes with this that surprised me when I started doing it in my class. And that it was that it increased my connection with students because we were able to have conferences. Because I love me some good systems, I want to let you know some things that you will want to and need to have in place if you are wanting to make this shift. So the first is that your students need to know what the objectives and standards are in your class and what proficiency looks like. So you will need to figure out how you want to show that. I had a rubric that had all the standards and then what it looked like at proficiency and then they could gauge whether they were below proficiency or whether they were above proficiency. I also had a lot of examples of work around my room, whether that was student work or whether it was work that I had done and I had made it to the proficient level, not the teacher level, but what was proficient so that they could give themselves an accurate assessment of where they were. So you do need to have somewhere where students know those standards and where they can keep track of it. The other part of this is some sort of way for students to know which assignments or tasks you're doing in class align with each of the standards. So whether you have it by day, so you've sorted out by date and you can say, on this day, this these are the tasks that we did in class and they would show proficiency in these standards. And you're going to have to need some way for students to collect that evidence because that's a very big part of this. And quite honestly, that's the biggest part. So with those systems in place, 
whether you are creating something or whether you're having students create something and maybe they're just creating a portfolio, that is where you're going to really be able to make the shift from teacher-centered to student-centered. Now, you are not getting rid of feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback is something you must continue to have. But what it is, is that you're giving them feedback and then they are choosing what to redo and get more feedback on and they're get, just figure out what their final product is. And then they are deciding, as far as proficiency goes, where they are on that scale. So let's backtrack a little bit. I want to tell you what this looked like in my class. So I had a Google spreadsheet, and this is something you could easily do with yours as well. So some sort of digital something to keep track of things, or they could have a tracker with a notebook where they could actually copy and punch holes and put things in there and file them so that they have those artifacts. So That's really what it looks like. And then the other piece of it that looks like in your class is going to need the conferencing piece. You cannot do away with the conferencing piece. If you are having students just turn in a a portfolio and they are saying, this is the grade that I should get and should receive based on what I turned in, you're missing the point because they do need that additional feedback and that additional connection with you. Remember, these are secondary students. They are still learning. They, This is one of a, the great opportunity for them to learn because later in life, when they do get a job, do get a career, and they're needing to self-assess how well they are doing, sure, they might have, and they probably will have some sort of manager who will be doing some, some auditing and also some evaluating of their work which yes, they'll have to deal with that. But it's better for them to be able to self-assess along the way. They're going to be way more successful if they can properly gauge and understand how they do and how they feel about their work and then get some reaffirmation from you as their teacher. So this is how the conference works works. And this is how it looks, is you set aside some time and you can choose how frequently you do this and whether you want it to be at the beginning of the term, just to meet students and get to know them, see where they were, then something midterm so that we really could see if we were on the same page and then something at the end of the term. And how I worked it out in my class is that I would look at my schedule and I would see where students were doing a lot of independent work and that's how I would pull them. So that's one way to do it. So then I would pull them over the course of one or two days and that's all I did in all of my classes. Or another thing you could do is you could just meet with three to five students per class per day. And it would probably, it would take you all term to go through students, but you would be getting it done. So maybe while students are doing independent practice, you're pulling students aside, you're checking in on them, you're seeing what's going on, you're having them show you their their records and how they are assessing themselves and where they think they are. And that's something that you can do on the regular. So just a couple of different ways of how you can do this. I would still recommend that you do, you must meet with these students. You can't just have them turn something in. So 
this is what it looked like when I met with them is I had them pre-fill out their Google Doc and their Google spreadsheet and they would let me know where they were proficient wise. So then I would have a simple conversation with them. How are things going? Obviously you're going to break the ice. This is a great time also for you to get to know students on a one-to-one level, get to know some of their interests, some of the things that they're involved in, some things that you probably won't be able to discover as you are in an entire class based on their personality, and then ask them how they're feeling. How do they feel about the class? What do they feel they are doing really well at? And if they have any questions or areas where they're struggling and they're not sure what's going on, This is also super important when you can do it one-on-one because they're more likely to let you know honestly where they are struggling when they are not surrounded by their peers. For my midterm, I typically didn't ask them for their grade, but depending on where you are in your your school district and your policy and how often you need to update your grades and all of that. And you probably need to have something in the grade book. I know as an admin, we always needed to have teachers have their grade books updated weekly. So this would be a time for you to get some sort of mark in their grade book so that when their parents look online or when they look online or however they check their grades, they see that something is there and that it's accurate. Now your students, because they are doing self-reported grades, they are going to know fairly well where they are. I usually had students be harder on themselves than eat too easy. So I would always ask them to tell me, so we would all, we'd have that conversation. We'd talk about where their struggles are, where they feel they did really well. And then I would ask them what, what, what mark or grade they think they should be receiving for that term or that current period of time. They would let me know. And then I would let them know if I disagreed or if I agreed. I did not tell them what I felt they would get based on their proficiency. I would just disagree or agree. Now, if I disagreed, normally, so it went either two ways. So normally they, a lot of times they were being too hard on themselves. And so I would just ask some clarifying questions. Like I see that you've actually met proficiency in most of the standards. Are you really sure that a B plus is where you feel you should be? And then let them come up with that answer because they might still keep it, which is totally fine. But then there's other times where they're like, hmm, maybe, or they decide that, well, I really would like to be at an A and I feel there are a couple of standards that I want to maybe resubmit some assignments for or get some more feedback for, from you on these assignments so that I can feel I have earned that A. The other way that sometimes a conversation goes is that a student is like, has turned in assignments that are probably more of a D and they're giving themselves an A. And that's when you would just ask for some more evidence, whether that is that they are needing to do assignments that they never did during the term, or they're going back and they are redoing assignments. And a lot of times, once they ask them to do that, they made a choice. They either decided to redo those assignments or they decided to lower the mark that they were giving themselves. But the greatest thing is, is they took ownership of it. So gone were the days of students asking 
if something would be on their grade, because really everything is on their grade, but ultimately it comes to them and how they feel about themselves. And then the other thing that I loved about this is that I felt like I was giving students the skills and the power and knowledge to self-assess and to reflect on their work at an earlier age. So if the idea of throwing out grades is something that you really resonate with, then I would challenge you to maybe look at going into it either slowly and figuring out maybe you have students reflect on one project this term. Maybe it's the final project of this term and see how that goes. I would also encourage you to start meeting with your students, whether you are just asking them a question of the day or you are really getting them to let you know how they feel they are doing in your class. And if you want to know a little bit more about how I have applied this into my classroom and really built relationships using these student conferences, check out episode five of the podcast. And I will also include a blog post that goes along with that. If this episode was helpful to you, it could be for others to help spread the word about this podcast. Take a screenshot of this episode, add it to your Instagram stories and tag me at Kristen Masick, K-H-R-I-S-T-E-N-M-A-S-S-I-C. Until next week. 